Hey you, pull up a seat. Welcome back to From Surviving to Thriving for Parents. This is episode 35. I am Raymond Bercier, and if you are a parent or soon-to-be parent who wants to give their kids the best start in life that you can give them and be the parent they need you to be, you're in the right place. This show is all about you, because we're about transformation, support, and taking unwavering action. In this latest installment of the From Science to Woo and Everything in Between interview series, we'll be talking with psychologist Dr. Doreen Downing. Do you feel that you have no voice in your life? That you aren't heard? Or maybe that you're scared to speak up? I see you, my fellow introverts. Doreen's passion is helping people find their voice, whether it's to speak in public, speak in groups, or even within your own day-to-day life. We had a great conversation with a lot of deep talk that I hope helps you shine a light within to regain your own voice. Let's jump into that conversation right now. Dr. Doreen Downing is a psychologist who specializes in the treatment of public speaking anxiety and hosts the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast, and is the author of The Essential Speaking, The Seven Steps Guide to Finding Your Real Voice, a book that teaches you how to transform your anxiety with full presence and deep connection. Doreen once suffered from extreme stage fright. In conquering it, she discovered by being connected to your essence, the core of your authentic self is the key to relaxing and being more confident as a speaker. Welcome to the show, Doreen. I'm honored and grateful to have you here with us today. Oh, Ray, that was wonderful hearing that back (laughs) and uh, really feel my journey to learn what you just said. It has been quite the journey from our discussions. For those who don't know, I've been on your show previously and we've talked prior to that. And your journey is really a fascinating one. So for those who aren't familiar with you, would you be able to share just a little bit about your journey and how it is that you came to be here today? Well, I came to be here today because we've, uh, you and I share a passion for helping people find the truth of who they really are inside. So much of our early childhoods, we encounter challenges, <laughs> and then those challenges we take into adulthood. And I would say that my challenge was about not having a voice early on and moving into putting on a good, let's say, exterior and becoming a PhD in psychology of all things. (laughs) Yeah. And this is what happened is that I was sitting in my office and I was hiding this fear that I had of speaking in public. And it's easy if you're doing psychology and you're doing one-to-one therapy, you don't ever need to be in front of a group. And you get really good at avoiding situations where you might have to speak up. A lot of people in this world, myself included, we love to be able to give advice, but sometimes it's hard to take our own advice. And it can be a challenge. You know, most of us, we've all heard that stat that the number one fear in people have is public speaking, where death is being number two. So people would rather be in the coffin than reading eulogy. So what you do, it's absolutely life-changing for so many people. So if you can take us back to that moment when you found yourself struggling with this, before you found the superpower, can you walk us through how you found out that this was a big struggle and how you overcame the struggle? Well, I would say 
as an adult and being a successful psychologist, I was asked to do a presentation at a psychology conference. And I admitted to the organizer that I had a fear of public speaking. And he turned around and confronted me. And he said, what? (laughs) Isn't fear your business? And that was a moment where I felt like the veil fell down around me. (laughs) And I'm walking around with a white coat. Hello, I'm doctor (laughs) so-and-so. And And, uh, so that, that really, for some reason, that really penetrated my defenses and wanting to hide. And I'm kind of an introvert anyway, so I thought that was all right, you know. But to really say, yeah, I admit, I admitted finally. And I think that's the one of the messages that I bring people is that you've got to take that first step to say, I am terrified. All right. And I need to go towards the fear. I need to figure out how to be comfortable being myself with other people looking at me in public. So that was the beginning of me waking up to, I need to take a journey. So I don't know if you want me to go into the journey, but the struggle, I, I would say, is is what I came to realize is me living a life where I'm professional and uh, well-known and hiding. And it's a little, for me, it feels a little different than the imposter syndrome. I don't, I never really thought I was an imposter. I just thought, I don't like public speaking. I don't have to do it, you know, but I didn't realize that I wasn't really truly more fully myself. And here I am in an office helping people find their potential. And I think that I came to realize that at that moment. And I have some digging that I did and I could talk about that. But first it had to be, all right, let's figure out how to be comfortable at least, you know, what's going on here and why. And the whole why is is an inner journey. Definitely. And really, it comes down to the fact that in order for change to happen, there has to be a catalyst. And it sounds like this was your catalyst, right? It sounds like this is what pushed you out of your comfort zone. It's what made you start to look within. So can you describe that journey for us? Yes. Well, I thought, okay, there's got to be public speaking classes. And I lived uh, just outside of San Francisco and went to what they call the learning annex. They had lots of classes. You could just show up and and. I was so scared. I was terrified. And I just could not take a turn in front of the group. And oh my goodness, I just thought this is this is so hard to do is to face my fear because the fear comes up. So you're living in your fear as you're trying to transform it. And so I went back the next month to this class and I just started taking classes about overcoming your fear, public speaking. And I have to tell you, you talk about those catalyst moments. Uh, One of the times, one of the teachers said the quote about Michelangelo having seen the marble, through the marble and found the angel, you know, and I said, that's me. I've got all this PhD marble, (laughs) all this education, all this academic stuff. And my, my angel, my true self, my spirit is all trapped inside. And so that was a breakthrough moment of, okay, it's not about, well, I had done Toastmasters too. Um, It's not about making a better speech because I started winning contests (laughs) with Toastmasters, 
but I just got better at hiding. <laughs> I just got better at making a good speech, but this angel inside of me really was still able to hide behind the, the professional look and the expertise. So when that uh, teacher said something about the angel, that's when I realized, oh boy, inside of me somewhere is my spirit and she wants to be the one who takes the stage, you might say. It's amazing. So how did you chisel away all the parts of you that wasn't that angel in order to bring out that inner angel? Therapy <laughs> and journaling. And actually, I took some acting classes, some improv classes. You know, once I knew what I was going for, you know, and I knew I had to put myself in the most scariest positions because that's where fear could break down. In psychology, we call that exposure therapy. You know, you put yourself in situations that scare you and you learn how to be in them in such a way that it, the fear dissolves kind of naturally because you find a way to, to access the strength, inner strength. And that's what it is, Ray. It's inner strength. It's not those techniques. So I'm not a coach who helps people be better on stage and do performance and presentations. I don't care if anybody ever gives a presentation as long as I feel like they have found the truth inside of themselves, their spirit, their aliveness, their magnificence, because that's that's way down deep inside. Exactly. And a lot of that, it's all under the programming and the condition that we've been subjected to throughout our entire lives. Yeah. Looking back, and you may not have an answer for this, but I would love your thoughts. Where do you think the fear of public speaking comes from in general? I would say because I'm a psychologist and I do go very deep in history, and I did that with myself too. I told you I was in therapy and went back to kind of comb through because so much of uh, it seems like, okay, so here I am an adult and life happened behind me and oh, well, that happened and uh, let's move on. Let's, let's keep going forward. But I think people have to go backwards and comb through early life to see what the challenges, what the struggles were that they don't even think impact them yet. And so in doing that, for me, I'll just give my example, is that when I was five years old, my mother was in and out of the hospital for depression. She was actually bipolar. <laughs> and we lived with my grandmother. And when mom came back from the hospital, my grandma would say, Shh, be quiet. Your mother's going to get sick and go back to the hospital. Ooh. Ooh, right now I still get a little emotional about that moment. Those moments where I feel like I had to shut myself down, shut up and be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, or else something really devastating is going to happen. You know, I'm going to lose my mom. And so I know that that <laughs> feels like well, does that really relate to speaking in public fear? <laughs> and I would say absolutely, because that's where we begin early on. Those first five years is where we build a foundation of, hello world, here I am. You know, your own joyful little self. And if the world doesn't clap back and, I mean, you know, go applaud you and say, and feel like you're being welcomed and admired and we call it healthy narcissism, by the way. So it's not like me, 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 but it is at that age. Little kids have a 
me, me, me. And if you don't get that, I think that there's some foundational I'm okay in this world that doesn't get planted. Definitely. Kids are such, it's such an important time in our lives because we are basically an open slate. We're a blank canvas. We have, you know, nothing but pure potential. And it's amazing. You start to go through these circles. You find, you know, your journey basically at this point began at five years old. My journey began at five years old. Oh. You know, and I just spoke to another person who her journey began at five years old. So when you start to really unravel, peeling back the layers of the onion and you go deeper and look further, you find that a lot of the stuff that you struggle with in the background in your day-to-day life and your shadow side often comes from that early age. So it's such a vital, important age to be able to look back on and not only just see what you've experienced, but healing through it. Yes. Yeah. And I think that looking back also, you can find, you know, I love that word that you used around the the potential within us and you you had a nice smile on it like oh it's in there <laughs> you know like it's but i think what i want to say here is that in looking back you may look at the, and find the roots of the anxiety and find how you struggled but i think you also find where your pure spirit what you said the pure potential that's inside and so just to take that story one step further my grandmother had a garden outside roses, gladiolas, you name it, geraniums. It was so colorful outside. Inside the house, it was dark and depressing. We had to be quiet. It was like a tomb, you might say, just really not very, not a happy place. But outside, there was a happy place. And it feels like there's a door, like the threshold. And when you stand on the threshold, and this feels like kind of a a sense of what life is about. You could look one way and see the darkness and, you know, start moving further into that and get lost in it. Or you can look the other way and see the garden and you have a choice. You know, there's, there's the beauty out there. You want to live in beauty (laughs) or, you know, like when you can get yourself to the threshold. And I feel like that's the message I guess I have is that in looking back, it's not always about finding the pain. It's about finding the beauty. Exactly. So we have to look back and be able to give ourselves that space to be understanding that what we experienced at that time, it wasn't our fault and we're not to blame, but we have to be able to find that way to give our inner child that space to heal and overcome and just release those chains. How did you manage to be able to, going back into your history, looking back at that child who kept being told to be quiet because there was that dangle of the fear that your mother would end up back in the hospital. How are you able to overcome the struggle that you had with your voice to be able to push yourself out of that comfort zone with that fear that if you just talk a little bit louder, something bad's going to happen? I'm thinking that there's, I have a couple of responses here, but one is who is the one who is going back? What part of you is doing the exploration? And also, so I think that there's got to be some development of a consciousness. And I think that's what therapy does or coaching does is to give you some guidance as you take that rough road (laughs) inside. And the second thing I want to say is it's like there's a light at the end of the tunnel, believing that as the teacher told me, there's the angel and that's what we're going for. And it's a journey. 
It's a journey to your authentic self. And if we can see that that's what we're doing, we're searching, it's an inner search, and we're taking the light of our current consciousness and our curiosity about what happened rather than any kind of blame or feeling like something is really wrong with us. But the part that goes, ooh, there's more. Where is she? Where is he? It's amazing. And you talked briefly about journaling as a tool. I'm a big proponent of it. How is journaling so effective? And what do you feel are the benefits? I have a process and it comes from psychology and it is dialogue with self, dialogue with parts of self. So in terms of that little one that was in the, I don't know, just trying to be quiet and, and be safe and hold the whole family together and not explode it. You actually, the part I was telling you that says, okay, I'm going on this inner journey and I'm going to discover more about myself. Where is my angel? Oh, I run into this little one who's really scared. And then the dialogue is, hello, little one. And the little one says, well, who are you? <laughs> and it's, well, I, I know I abandoned you a long time ago and I had to go get my PhD and be a big girl in life. So, but I, I want to hear, you know, more about what it was like for you. Well, I don't know. I'm just still really scared, really scared. Let me listen to you. So the, the listening, I think elicits, because you're talking about healing, how does healing happen? It happens because the little one, the part of you that was left behind, abandoned, exiled, whatever you want to call it, orphaned, <laughs> is wanting to be, that voice wants to be heard. I hurt. <laughs> I'm scared. And it's not to say, oh, you don't have any right to be, or, you know, come on, grow up. It's the voice you want to say, oh, it's empathy that you want to give that part of yourself. So the journaling for me, a lot of that was dialoguing with parts of myself that hadn't had a voice. So that was the beginning of being more vulnerable with myself. And then I was part of a group where we actually get to stand up and speak in a way that's in the moment full of fear and just start speaking out loud and to other people. So other people witness your fear. So a little bit of group work where that fear is no longer hidden. It's expressed and it's exposed and it's affirmed. Amazing. Yeah. Group work is definitely one of the most powerful things that you and I, I think we both agree that you can experience. Having that support, having that tribe around you is really key to becoming the person that you really want to be. Yeah. The affirmation that nothing's wrong with you. Not only nothing is wrong with you, it's like everything is already great about you. And this process that I led and I mean that I was part of, but then eventually became training director of Speaking Circles International. And in a speaking circle, people take turns and there's no pressure to perform, no pressure to give a presentation. It's just being in the moment and seeing what words come. And you learn how to stay present with yourself and present with your listener. And then the feedback is called essence appreciation. So people are not listening to content. They're listening to this you know, the angel and the marble again, they're listening to the deeper spirit inside of you and you get feedback. The first feedback I got in a process like that was warmth and magnetism. 
And I went, wow, you mean I'm standing up here shaking and people are seeing me as a warm human being and that I'm magnetic? Wow. You know, you begin to change your own self-perception by the way people reflect back to you. It's like a mirror. You know, they're reflecting your best parts back to you. So that is, you're right about group work being powerful. Public speaking, it's not the only place where, you know, people lose their voice, especially as parents, you know, more often than not, it can happen in our day-to-day lives, whether it's, you know, within our family, with our partner, with our jobs. For someone who feels that, you know, they lost their voice within their lives, what suggestions could you provide to them to help rebuild that voice, to help bring it back out? Well, if they actually come to that first initial aha moment, <laughs> that there is more for them and that they it is inside, it's not outside. I mean, certainly they could go to Toastmasters and learn about how to be a better speaker. But I think something about what you're talking about, parenting. And being real with your children and seeing their, like I just said, when I was surrounded and people reflected and mirrored back to me, my my magnificence, I feel like that as parents, uh, we need to listen for and listen into the children so that they then see themselves through our eyes. And if we don't know that we have that kind of potential inside of ourselves, we have that voice, then I don't see how we can you know, bring it forth in the children. Definitely. I think for the most part that it is a challenge to try and come to that point where you have that aha moment. You know, one of the big ahas for me was a quote I live by is that what defines you will define them being your kids. So if you're not able to speak up and allow your voice to be heard and be vulnerable, then that's going to come out in your kids. They're not going to be able to speak up, be heard, and they're not going to be able to be vulnerable. So for you, along your journey, you found the best way to help people to be able to bring out that inner voice is to be able to connect with their essence, connect with their authentic self, to become more relaxed and more confident when speaking. How do people go through this to get to that point? It's a journey, (laughs) just like we've been talking about today. And I don't think it's really... Uh, it's hard to you know give tips or techniques because you can get that in public speaking classes but this you know being a transformational process is to me what it takes is it's it's work but it's it's so much more rewarding than learning how to get make eye contact or how to do vocal variety or how to uh, make a good speech so that in terms of finding your essence i think you first have to know that there is something like that inside of you (laughs) and that it's covered up, like you said, with layers and you've got to be willing to peel the onion and to know that there is an unpeeling or, you know, like an unraveling that you can do and need to do with, with support and guidance from a coach or a therapist. And there you go. When you get there, it's like, There's a process I teach and it's you start at a bench and you meet a little one, your little self, and that little self says something to you. So you start relating to that part of you and then you go deeper into the park and you have a voice that's leaning up a tree with their hand on their hip and that's your critical self. But you go deeper and deeper and that's your essence. And what does he or she have to say to you at that point? So that's a a way to go. This is a visualization exercise people can do to tap into 
that particular voice deep within. And that's one way personally to actually recognize and to meet and greet the one within you. That is your inner voice is the most powerful asset you have. I love it. Very, very powerful. Motivation, you know, it's a funny thing. And motivation can be powerful when you use it right. But we can't rely on motivation as a whole because both tied motivation, they come and they go. But motivation can't be relied on to be able to fuel you because you never know when it's going to come back. So you've been doing this a long time and you've helped so many people throughout their lives. What keeps you going? What keeps you fueled along your journey? One of the things I love is discovery. I'm, I'm a traveler. I was in the Peace Corps and I've traveled all around the world. My mom was a VP at some organization and she didn't have a husband. So they allow the spouse to go. And so because my mom didn't have a spouse, she took me when she had to go to these meetings around the world. So I feel like for me, even right here with you, Ray, it feels like, ah, what are we going to get to discover? And I think that it comes to me right now is that within our, you know, the whole idea about we're searching within ourselves is for treasures and that kind of, wow, look at what we just discovered. <laughs> um, to me, feels like what keeps me going is, is the joy of finding the more, even the, oh my goodness, connecting the dots. The puzzle is coming together. We've got the pieces. It, it's why somebody's afraid and it fits that they have this precious spirit that they wanted to hide because it was going to get beaten up or, you know, somehow destroyed. So thank goodness you protected it all those years. But now let's greet it and welcome it and give it a voice. Absolutely beautiful. Well, well said. What advice can you provide parents to help their children not only find their voice, but to be able to find the confidence to allow their voices to be heard? Well, you just, uh, you said something earlier in our conversation about the parent has to be able to know that within there is inner strength. The belief, whatever the parent believes feels like then the child learns. <laughs> that seemed to be one of your messages that I heard today. And so it seems like first the parent has to <laughs> clean up their own uh, their own inner world and know that within the child there is that special gift waiting to be developed in this world. So that that would be first is that the parent has to have had their own journey or know that they need to be taking their journey. They don't have to have it completed because life every day is a journey. But I'm thinking that something that comes to me right here is listening. And we kind of touched on it a little while ago, but being able to listen to all the child, all parts of the child. I mean, even the kind of the angry parts and the scared parts and to help normalize them and help children not be so reactive, but to have this self, this self that says, Awareness, I guess, might be good, but the listening, if a parent could listen and not shame, not um, put down, not dismiss, but try and understand, oh, where is that coming from? You know, like to give fear a voice, to give pain a voice. And it's like just physically when a child is crying and you just hold them, the holding environment, we call that. 
you know, there's some relief. And so self-soothing, you need to teach a child how to soothe themselves. And a parent does that with the listening and sometimes physically with the holding, but you've got to be able to give somebody, a child, that kind of holding environment safe. You've got to be the safe one for them. Great advice. And as we start to wrap things up, I do have a question that I really am interested in knowing. You've gone through quite the journey. What was the best advice that you ever received in your life? And how has it helped you? Oh, my. Uh, let's see. I, it's the only thing that keeps coming back to me. And it's not a advice. It's that what I told you earlier about within is the best parts of yourself. And to go within, and that's my message, is confidence is an inside job. (laughs) And to find your voice, you can change your life. And so the journey, and I think it's actually, I'll just use this word right here, right now. It's the sacred journey, I think. It's uh, the best thing that we can do for ourselves and for children and for our communities and for the whole world is to know thyself. I guess that's one of those famous, <laughs> you might say, you know, guiding, guiding um, and to know thyself and to be yourself fully. And that's why I believe what you do is absolutely life changing. Because you help people to find themselves, find their voice, to chisel away all that doesn't serve, bring out that inner angel. Someone out here listening to our, in our conversation today, you know, they're in the right place at the right time to get you know, the support to rediscover their voice. How can that person connect with you further to get that support along their journey? Oh, I'd love to be able to open up my door to people who want to go further and talk about it. Actually, connectwithdoreen.com is one way in which people can book in, you know, just a 15-minute chat to say, wow, I heard you and can we talk? And I would love to listen. You know, I talked about listening today. So I would say the www.connectwithdoreen, and that's a way that they can get on my calendar. And then my website is essentialspeaking.com, essential speaking, because what I teach is how to speak from the essence of who you are. Awesome. And there's something that you have called the seven secrets. Can you share that with us? Yes. Well, my book is coming out this summer, so it does talk about my journey and also what I discovered. And the discovery is what I teach this journey, inner journey and The seven secrets begin with be still, and I won't go through all of them, but it's about all the secrets begin with be, being. It's not, it's not about speaking, really. Finding your voice is about being who you are. So the first secret is be still, learn how to calm your body, your mind, and to drop down into the deep stillness within. And so the reason why I call them secrets and that's what I've changed the, the, my book. I have the new book that's coming out is called The Seven Secrets to Essential Speaking. The reason I call them secrets is because nobody teaches people how to be and that speaking comes from being. They teach you know, how to be a better speaker. So uh, the sevensecrets.com 
is uh, where people can learn the rest of my secrets there. Or give me a call and we could talk again. Awesome. And you have a podcast. You want to talk just briefly about that and let people know where they can catch that? That's right. I do. <laughs> and your your episode is going to get to come out pretty soon. Uh, findyourvoicechangeyourlife.com. Findyourvoicechangeyourlife.com. And boy, I've done 50 interviews already this year. And each, like you, have told their their own story about what it was like. It's kind of like what you and I are doing today. What happened that you came into adulthood feeling like you didn't have a voice? And how did you become somebody like you, Ray, who's doing Empower Up? Well, <laughs> you know, that's a major human journey, transformation that you took to go from your trauma and transform it to now helping others. I do believe that our lessons are in our journey and we can't connect the dots looking forward. We can only connect the dots looking back. Mm -hmm. And no matter what we've been through, you know, it's up to us to be able to choose the narrative of what we've been through uh. and be able to empower that to our full benefit. And you've definitely done that along your journey. And there's so many people out there who I'm sure are grateful for the work that you do. I'm one of them. So Thank you for spending the time with us here today and sharing your knowledge and you know just being a part of your journey. It's been really wonderful having a conversation with you. You have really good listening, deep listening, and you're engaging. And that when I look for the beauty and the magnificence inside of people, I start to get a little teary. And that's how I feel with you right now, just looking deeply into your eyes and feeling your heart and your soul and your power. Thank you, Ray. I want to thank Dr. Doreen again for an amazing conversation. And I hope that you found value with it. Doreen's information will be available in the show notes for quick access. If you want support along your journey to be the parent that your kids need you to be, then take unwavering action and jump into our Conscious Parent Support Tribe at www.worldsbest.support. Get the support from other like-minded parents who want to give their best to themselves so that they can give their best to their kids, their loved ones, and their dreams. I'll see you next week's episode. Until then, just remember that you're one unwavering action away from a completely different life. To the journey. Much love. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you've gained new insight. Don't forget to subscribe, take consistent action, and join us next time on From Surviving to Thriving Podcast. We're gonna take on the world.